This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This week, we will be airing part two of my interview with Dr. Sharla Walker. Now, this is my favorite part of the interview because Sharla now gets into what it really takes to create and grow a nonprofit. And so she talks so much about how a lot of people who start nonprofit organizations, you start it because of the cause that you're passionate about, but there is strategy that's needed so that you can get the funding, the big bucks, the millions, the M's, okay? So you can get the big bucks for your nonprofit and that you can continue to grow it to make even an even bigger impact. And she talks just heavily about just the business aspect of a nonprofit that you guys who are starting these organizations need to know. So this is my favorite part of the interview. And of course, you can watch the full thing in its entirety on my YouTube channel. But speaking of nonprofits, we are introducing our Save and Strategic Course Bundle. I talk to you guys all the time about the importance of being strategic with whatever it is that God has called you to do. Yeah, we're going to pray heaven down, but we also need to make sure that we're working in a way that's strategic, that's efficient, that's effective, and that's getting us the return and the impact and the income that we're looking for. And so that's why we put together this bundle because I wanted to put together something for faith-based entrepreneurs that's specifically all about business strategy. And so Charlotte's class is all about socialpreneur basics for nonprofits. Now, listen, 
And I can tell you this because I uploaded Charlotte's class to the platform, okay? This class has seven phases, okay? It has about four, at least four downloads for each and template for each one of the phases. Like Charlotte gave you every single detail, templates, examples, guides, visuals, like there, you won't need anything else to start or grow a nonprofit. Um, so everything in her course, she gives you the strategy and tools that you need to begin your nonprofit organization. When you complete each step of the program, you'll be able to successfully launch a nonprofit organization and apply for your 501c3 status. Her course covers nonprofit fundamentals, strategic planning, governance, program planning, evaluations, and so much more. And in addition to Charlotte's class, of course, I have a class that I talk about finding the flow of doing business God's way. We have Rosalind Renee from the Therapy as a Christian podcast. She's going to be talking about overcoming overthinking, procrastination, and self-sabotage. And then we have my girl, Kavaya Watrice of the app outlet, the Society, and the She Who Is Called mobile app, who's going to be talking about how to build an active community online. So we have some pretty dope courses and all of this is available for a very limited time. This is a timed offer. So you click the link in the show description. It'll be available from the time this comes out up until November 29th. And then it's going away forever. <laughs> so we wanted to put this together as a Black Friday special for you guys. Four courses from four different experts. I mean, Charlotte literally has a whole PhD. So I don't know what doctor you talking to that's going to give you anything for uh, $99, but we're not only giving you her course, you're getting mine. I have a whole master's in business. I don't talk to anybody for $99. Uh, you get my course, uh, Rosalind, who's a licensed mental health professional, Kavaya, who's been building communities for herself and others for so long now, all of that for just $99. The link is available in the show notes. So you can click on that to learn more details about our individual courses, as well as purchase your course and get started. Now, without further ado, let's start part two of my interview with Dr. Charlotte Walker. That servant's heart that you have, is that how you got into nonprofits as well? Yes. So yep. talk to us a little bit about that. Child the Lord. <laughs> so God, God has given me this really big like knack to where if I see a problem um it bothers me and like and I, I can see the issue and I don't like core issues I don't like feeling like a certain group of people are suffering and other people are prospering off of their suffering if that makes sense we're black that makes plenty yes. of sense okay <laughs> so what had happened was <laughs> um I so we moved down here Working as a pediatric nurse practitioner, for those who may not know, nurse practitioners work in the same, I would say we're like doctors, but we're cooler because we were nurses first. So I write scripts, I see patients, like I like when I'm in clinic, I'm in charge. And so what um what I started peeping was like, yo, every time there's a new grant opportunity, y'all will switch up the initiative. And mm -hmm. so over the time of me like being there, I'm like, it's not really about service because we're, I worked in a community health center. Mm -hmm. So I did that purposely because I wanted to work with underprivileged people. Yeah. But then I'm starting to realize that this is what I call better than nothing care. And I don't wow. settle for that. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a medical food pantry, 
but it's only at the office that's an hour away. So what about my patients up here? Mm-hmm. They don't need medical food pantries? Mm-hmm. What about the, oh, because the grant money only covers there. So y'all not going to, it's not about really like service. It's about like lining your pockets, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so I started doing some research and found out that like 60% of all hospitals are nonprofit organizations. That means that they're not paying taxes and they're getting hospital systems. (laughs) Hospital, they are nonprofit organizations. And you know, hospitals be charging. Because what I've learned is that nonprofit organizations, I always say nonprofit don't mean no profit. Mm -hmm. There's profit being made. It's just what you do with the profits that that changes. So you get the accountability over that. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. These hospital executives, so here's what I found out. So God really showed me, um, there was a group of girls. I was working at our South, um, our South side location. So y'all can imagine it was me and all of our cousins and these girls would come in. They were like young teens and they were in foster care. And the other providers did not like seeing these girls. Mm-hmm. They come in, they would have an attitude. Yeah. They, you know, they just sauce. They was just being them. Mm-hmm. And when they would come in and see me, I would give it back. I like sis girl, don't make me snatch your edges <laughs> in clinic. Yeah. What, Miss Charlotte? Uh uh-uh, uh. Yeah. Because it is. But come, when you really sit down and talk to these girls, like one girl, she was new. And I asked her because the people that bring them from foster care don't really know these girls. They're just like transporters. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here trying to get a health history from a 15 year old, which is like, whatever. Yeah. And so I asked her, I said, How did you end up in foster care? And she started crying. Mm-hmm. I was like, Girl, you ain't got to tell me. She was like, no, like nobody asks. Yeah. Nobody ever asks. You label like, me as something. Yes. With, How did you get here? I had no control over. Yes, girl. Wow. Her dad was like prostituting her out for drugs. Wow. He on the run in Mexico. And so it just started breaking my heart. And then as we would um, go through like their well visits and us talking and, you know, I'm like, okay, child, we, we do the sex drugs and rock and roll talk. Like, the eyes, like <laughs> eyes, girl, yeah, yeah, like eyes open, legs <laughs> shut. Don't be out here in these streets. Like, don't be doing no drugs. I'll snatch you up. I would literally tell them, I will snatch you up. If I'm out here and I see you cutting up, I'm going to snatch you up. I'm going to snatch you up. But then when I would ask them questions, like, if they were sexually active, I'm like, girl, why are you having sex? Just like that. Mm-hmm. And the response would be, I don't know. Yeah. I said, girl, that's a lot. Like, you're giving away a lot of value for I don't know. Yeah. That's, I don't, at least say it, it feels good. So, something, child. I don't know is not a good answer. Right. <laughs> and they would be like, what? It's not a good answer. Yeah. You're so valuable that you're giving away something for free. You don't even understand the magnitude. Yeah. And so, the more my girl, I was talking to one girl one day, she was crying and started pulling off her eyelashes. I said, this must be really hitting her soul. <laughs> yes and so more and more of these girls would show up and i would like stay like you know talk to them through my lunch this this and that and i heard god telling me i need to start a mentorship program and i was like Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, because i was doing so much at the time yeah. god had told me to go back to school mm-hmm. and so i'm like sir now you're asking a lot a whole lot <laughs> and then even on the job the the medical assistants were looked like me cutting up and I would like my my medical assistant her name is Bree Bree the first time I really talked to her I was in my office and the manager had said something to her and she was loud like she was like yip 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 like giving lip back loud mm-hmm. and I walked over to the desk I said hey friend 
Um, I know I'm new here, but you're not about to be embarrassed at me like this. <laughs> and she said, what? You, we both black. Mm -hmm. I'm the only black provider up in here. You not about to be embarrassing me like this. Yeah. Come talk to me. After that, I started like mentoring her. So I'm like, I already got Brie. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this. At one point, I was having Bible study in my office during lunch. Like, mm -hmm. God just showed up and showed out. And so I ended up starting the nonprofit because God, he, there's no feeling that I dislike more than me feeling like God told me to do something. And I know he said it. And I'm not getting it done. He's like, I just, yes, I feel like Holy Spirit, like, so you just gonna be. Like, you can't even pray right now. It's kind of like, I'm in the shower brushing, I'm like in the, in the bathroom brushing my teeth, like, so you gonna be disobedient. <laughs> like, hey, sir. You know how you can feel somebody staring at you? You can feel yes. That's how it is. You know, yo, you're trying to do something, you're trying, yes. to, you're trying to do it. Oh, Lord. I was like, I was saying, with his head cocked to the side. Girl, I felt like Taraji P. I'm a cook, I'm a clean. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I started this journey in um, in nonprofits and so started the nonprofit organization in 2019. It's called Hearts Over Habits, Inc. Um, we're working with the local foster care company. Like God has just come in and like showed all the way out. And when I asked God, I'm like, God, you want me to start this organization and go to school? And he told me that this was going to be the, like a, a test of my faith in terms of me trusting him with every single day. Mm -hmm. um, he, he brought me to the scripture that talks about, don't worry about um, tomorrow because the day has enough problems of its own. And I would literally repeat that to myself over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and every day God would make a way. So if I was like being obedient in one area, but I'm like, God, look at my homework. I need to like I'm writing a whole thesis at this point. Yeah. Um, and he was like, like I would go in and none of my patients would show up in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So yes. And so God really, really um, showed me. And then I was able to then do a grant, um, like work a grant opportunity at the job. I started a breastfeeding program for African-American mothers um, because we don't have access to it. Um, and so um, we would, I was able to work in that and I got to kind of see how the machine worked. Mm -hmm. Like it was it, but also it was disheartening to me. It was at that time that I realized that it was really, really, you know, something had to be done because the minute that the grant funding was over it, like it, it was like, well, how, who's going to pay for this? Yeah. I'm like, but they need it though. Mm -hmm. So it was happy. It was like right before the pandemic, I was like, oh, we could do like, tell it like, you know, like telephone calls to check in with the moms because what happens they're like I have this whole thing planned out but we don't get reimbursed for that I was triggered yeah and so the pandemic happened and they started reimbursing for telehealth visits and so I was able to roll out this program for these moms but then it bothered me that these organizations are making all of this money and now because I'm in the, now that I'm in the nonprofit world, I know how to look up and see how much money you make because it's public record. Yeah. So when I go and see that I have medical assistants who are on Medicaid and you, Miss CEO ladies, making $567,000 a wow. year in the, in a pandemic, wow. Wow. we got a problem. Yeah. You can afford for these moms, like you can, y'all can afford it. We made $41 million last year. 
But see, nobody else is asking the questions. Nobody else is reading reports. I was telling everybody. I was like, send it to my coworkers. I want y'all to. I want y'all to see when we get told that we can't have more staff, that I can't have more than one medical assistant, and so I'm giving really crummy care to these patients because they. It's all about the volume and not about the the level of care. Yeah, yeah. It's not. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Y'all are benefiting off of the fact that these people have nowhere else to go, and it's that better than nothing care. And so, I quit. so God told me to after I got my degree um he told me I was coming off of that job and so now um working with other healthcare professionals other nurses and really professionals in general Mm -hmm. to build the healthcare system the way that it should be delivered yeah like this there you can have both like you can give good care and make good money but people get greedy and there are people that are suffering and now you're benefiting off of their suffering i can't work here Mm -hmm. you want to argue like Mm -hmm. i can't i cannot work here i cannot even look you in the face it like it was triggering to see this woman (laughs) like ma'am don't come to me talking yes like (laughs) ma'am do not come to me talking about how much y'all care for this community no you don't because y'all wanted to organize a walk for george floyd no take them coins she wasn't black was she no take them coins and let's make it do what it does put your money where your mouth is Mm -hmm. pay my medical assistant one of the medical assistants ended up getting covid because she was um working at a uh, urgent care center after work mm-hmm. and they weren't requiring her to wear an N95, just a surgical mask. But why is somebody who's working 40 hours a week here having to go somewhere else to work, to work again yeah. and you are making $567,000 a year? Make it make sense to me. And so, because nobody literally go down to five fifty, yeah, something <laughs> benefit her situation. Yes, like, we people like the more and more I talk to people, I'm sure people were sleeping in their car. Like I'm like, wow. yo, y'all is trash. <laughs> and I had this like righteous indignation of like, God, you see this? Yeah. And so he pulled me off of that job a couple months ago to go out. Like now I understand that this is what needs to needs to shift. People don't know about the nonprofit industry. Yeah. Like people just think like, oh, it's like charity. No, it's a business. Yeah. Only thing that's different is the tax, like the tax shelter. Yeah. So that's why these hospitals, and you can look up your local hospital organization. If it's a 501, just look up their 990. These CEOs are making two million, three million, four million dollars a year. And then you have people who are going bankrupt trying to pay their hospital bills. Mm-hmm. It's not okay with me. And so my goal is to really empower people who want to change the way that our communities look, because I really feel like nonprofits are the way that we build personal and community wealth. Mm-hmm. I can employ my family and, you know, like we can, it's a way for us to build wealth within our family, but then in our community, we can really change the way that things are done. What if I start a nonprofit organization where I'm helping kids as a trainer, I'm helping kids and we're defeating childhood obesity because it's always us. All the disparities is us. High blood pressure, diabetes, all of that is always us. And that's why COVID hit us so bad because the risk factors for death, we were already disproportionately impacted by. So if if you're more likely to die with diabetes, that's us. If you're more likely to die with asthma, that's us. If you're more likely to die with hypertension, that's us. And a lot of these things are um, what I call modifiable risk factors. So there are some things you can't change. But if some, if you go out to the hood, you're going to see Popeyes and churches. You yeah. will not see a grocery store. McDonald's. Yes. 
no they're food uh, deserts. Exactly. Yeah. But if you start a community garden yeah. and you're getting funding and you're impacting um, childhood obesity and different health efforts, we are changing the way our community looks. Mm-hmm. Like the enemy is so, he think he's slick. <laughs> like he's so strategic that he will, he positions the the um the liquor stores and things like that within our um within our communities. Yeah. And so now we out we alcoholics and we drunk and we belligerent and, and there's no even no opportunity, right? These kids need mentoring programs. My girls are so happy that they have a, a place. And I ended up finding out about um a program. It's called WIA. It's a national program, the Workforce Innovation Opportunities Act. It's a national program for kids 16 to 24 that meet certain criteria, basically poverty, where they will pay for their school, they'll pay for their jobs and all of that. So I'm talking in clinic, talking to the girls, like, why didn't you sign up for the WEA program? They're like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. How are you in foster care, though? Your caseworker ain't said nothing to you about this? Nah. The caseworker probably isn't getting paid enough. They're overwhelmed. Has so many different yes. cases. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And at, at the end of the day, it's minorities, not even just blacks. Like it's it's black, Latinas, it's the minorities we're suffering. Mm-hmm. And these people, because it's it's uh non the nonprofit sector is overran by Caucasian. It's people that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's like nine percent is the statistic of like black owned organizations that are really doing like, you know impacting the community Mm -hmm. that's not okay because we're the ones that need all the help yeah and so these people are building wealth off of our suffering and it it just hit different ones i knew that this woman (laughs) was making this much money not that she's getting paid she's a ceo it's a lot of work but the fact that you're you're getting you getting paid that much while the people are suffering yes that's the problem and by the people it's the people that we serve and And your staff staff. yeah Mm mm-hmm and I was like, I it was nauseating. I was like, I got yeah. to get out of here, God, because I'm gonna set it off. <laughs> I'm gonna set it off up in here. And so that's my TED talk, y'all. Like, so what are the nonprofits who are really doing good in the world? So what are they missing to where these organizations who are not handling our community communities with care are able to get such funding? And we aren't the ones who care aren't. Because it's a lack of knowledge, and that's why people are perishing. It's because they're doing they're doing good things, but they don't have programs. In nonprofits, measurements is money. So let's say I'm feeding the homeless. You're doing good, and you're getting these smaller grants. But if you want to go and talk to the Office of Minority Health, they want to know how what you're doing is impacting their statistics on um, the mental health. Right. Like it's so it's it's you have to position yourself to where the programs that we have are really um, impacting the measurements that they care about, so we can get the bigger funding. You yeah. can continue to feed the homeless, but then you take that and you say, you know what? On top of us feeding the homeless, we actually have a hub where they can come in and get healthcare. Yeah, and now we're solving that the issue of access to healthcare, which the government cares about. So a lot of times we don't think big enough and we don't look deep enough. And sometimes without a healthcare background, you won't even know to look deeper. So I have a a client of mine, her focus is pregnancy and infant loss. 
she's a black woman. Y'all know that we're way more likely to die, like for like 250% times more likely from black moms to die. Um, the infant mortality rate for black babies is always quadruple what it is for everyone else. And so I'm working with her and she was providing support to the moms. And I said, okay. And she was stuck. She was like, we're doing good work, but I'm not getting grants. And I said, it's because we have to, we have to shift. Mm -hmm. And so now what you're doing is you're supporting and serving the the mission of pregnancy and infant loss through us no longer, um, through trying to close those risk factors that are modifiable. Mm -hmm. So now she's, she's doing a program for moms who are at risk, um, you know, because black, minority, alcohol, like we're, we're, creating a program where she's decreasing the risk factors for them to have premature births. So now you're, we're still serving the same mission, but it's really different because we're able to do it in a way that they'll acknowledge. Mm -hmm. I'm like, girl, still host your support groups. Support groups are necessary, but to really do the work that really is required we have to position ourselves to tackle these issues um that they really care about so you can go to somewhere like um every 10 years the government puts out an initiative it's called healthy people so healthy people 2020 um and now because we're in 2021 healthy people 2030 is out and you'll you'll be able to see infant mortality is right at the top and so they're looking for people who are addressing this and so sometimes it's a just a matter of us we're already doing the work, but you don't know that you're doing it and you don't know how to articulate that. Yeah. And you don't know how to how to keep measurements of that. Mm-hmm. So that way when you go and put in your grant application, it gets accepted. So our program, we do mentoring and life coaching and all of that for our young ladies. But what we really tackle is the teen pregnancy rate. So these are the things that we highlight. Mm-hmm. The teen pregnancy rates. A part of our program is for them to go through a sexual education course. Mm-hmm. We're impacting um, career readiness. We have a partnership with our local um, like jobs place where you go for unemployment. Those are the people that help. They do the WEA program. We're just in partnership with them and we just send women to them. Mm-hmm. But now we're doing, we're doing all of these things that are measurable mm-hmm. and that are going to help um, change the trajectory, not only of their, of their life, but the overall health status. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get, you're able to get those funds. I'm glad that you brought that up. It, it made me think about when I was doing my youth program where I was so passionate about the work. And I remember going to, I don't know who I was talking to. And I was like, well, who do you, what do you base who you write your checks to for? Because yeah, I'm very straightforward. <laughs> so I was like, who, what do you base who you write your checks to for? Because I'm, sh- I'm sharing with them all of the feel good mm-hmm. stuff. And something wasn't clicking. Yep. So I said, what gets the check written? And they told me, um, things like attendance rates. How is your program impacting mm-hmm. the girls coming to school? Yep. What does the data say? So I say, okay, cool. And then every every uh, time I did a program after that, we started implementing certain data points so that we can have measurable yep. results to then take to the schools and things. We weren't applying for grants, but as I was going to the different schools, mm-hmm. I was able to talk to them in the language that they care about. Yep. And that made it a whole lot easier to keep getting into schools. Yep. But and it sounds to me, based off your um, what you're saying, that people, most people start nonprofits because they have some type of emotional attachment to yes. the cause, right? Mm-hmm. But what where we have to go is we have to be, we have to understand the business of nonprofit. Yes. So how does someone understand the business of nonprofit? How do they take themselves out of 
the emotional connection they have to the cause in order to build it strategically so they can get money. And, and I feel like a part of it too is maybe they feel like they're less committed to the cause if they focus on the business. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm so focused on this, then how am I really? I think yeah. it's more of a mental There's thing. a conflict. Yeah, yeah. a conflict. That's you true. have to pull yourself out of, out of your emotional attachment. And what the way that you do that is through research. And that's the number one. Um, and now as a medical professional, that's what I always do that first. I got to assess the situation. But as people, it's like, oh, man, I saw that homeless man and now I want to go feed all of them. But is that what they need? So a lot of times we have these initiatives in a way that we want to service people. And we a lot of times we can encompass that into what we're doing. But we need to solve a problem, like a, like a real, like a problem mm -hmm. <laughs> um, versus me just saying, yeah, like I talked to these girls. What problem are we solving, though? Mm -hmm. And how do you measure that? And so a really good way to do that, if you, um, I always tell people to pull the community needs assessment for what's going on in their community. If you are going out and feeding the homeless, and so is all of the other organizations, it's not a need. Mm -hmm. So maybe you want to help the homeless. They don't need to be fed, but they need someone to give them a way um, to have access to mental health care. You're still impacting and caring for this population, but in a way that someone, there's another need that needs to be met. So a lot of times we'll do, we'll kind of copy a lot of what other organizations are doing, and that's not even a need anymore. It's being fulfilled. And so being strategic and being committed to the community and not our cause, yeah. right? Like, so I love, I have, I have three sisters, and so for God to tell me to start an organization with a bunch of women is hysterical because I'm like, I got enough of this. <laughs> it's enough. Like I'm not, I'm not really in, into that like that, but you have to, so every County puts out what's called community needs assessment, find your people, find your target audience, who you're serving. Why are you serving them? What problem are you looking to solve? And a lot of times we don't, we, we may see the, it's almost like an iceberg. Like you see the top, like I saw these girls not getting access to resource. And the more that I looked, I was like, yo, young women in foster care, these teenagers are aging out of foster care. Um, and so there's a lot of youth um, support for them. So ages like 13 to 18, but after 18, they out here on the streets yeah. and they're whole adults now, according like legally. And so that shifted us, our age group. We serve ages 14 to 24 because at 17, I did not. I don't know about you, but I was I was dumb still. <laughs> right? And so we're expecting them to um, behave in a standard that nobody's ever shown them. Yeah. We're expecting them to, how you expect them to not be ratchet? That's all they know. Mm -hmm. All they know is city girls. <laughs> like, who's going to show them different? Mm -hmm. And then after 18, we just kind of kicked them out on the street. Yeah, they're going to get pregnant. So really being able to provide that support, the issue, like, yes, young women needed help, but I had to get very specific on who I was helping and why. I, you have, there's always a missing piece. There's always something like, I'm like, what about these girls? They just age out and like, that's it? Mm-hmm. And then there's resources that they don't know about. Nobody checking in on them. They don't have community. Most um, teenagers that go into foster care are not getting adopted. People want babies and little kids. And so there's this whole spectrum of, a kid they're still kids we try to we try to adult teenagers all the time and they're like a kid still mm -hmm. and so they're still kids that aren't being cared for mm -hmm. and so yes it's great that you want to go out 
and play with all the, all the kids in foster care. But these teenagers really need help. Yeah. And so it's not being, you, you can't be tied to a method. It's like, okay, are we going to impact this community of people? If so, what y'all need me to do? Mm-hmm. And how can I do that? Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to really be committed, committed to the cause. The cause of these young women, the cause are, I, you know, even um, Bree, my medical assistant texted me the other day. I haven't talked to her in a couple of, probably a couple months now. And she was within that age group. And she just said, I have eight more classes until I finish my associate's degree. And I just wanted to tell you that I love you and I miss you. And like, thank you so much because you really played a big role in this. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh, God. <laughs> what? Yeah. Ah, those moments. Because she was she was a statistic. Mm-hmm. She got pregnant as a teenager. She was working as a medical assistant, but cutting up. And I'm like, Bree, you can't, here's the rule. You can't stay here like this. You're going to, we're going to do the next thing. Your life is not in here. Mm-hmm. There's so much more. Mm-hmm. And so even in that, me being able to serve and service her, her being able to come out and be a part of different things that we did with the nonprofit um, and her just really seeing, it took for her to see uh, quote unquote black excellence for her to understand that it was available to her because yeah. I'm not that much older than you. Them girls, I would walk into the office. You my doctor? <laughs> yes, sis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lace front and off. <laughs> Any more questions? <laughs> and so even that exposure. And so it really is doing the research. So you can Google your county name and like community needs assessment. And it will, they do all of the work. <laughs> like they'll show you how many, you'll see the deficits in the charts. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, okay, we want to service this group of people. You may still be able to do a lot of what you're doing, but now you know what other services may be needed. Mm-hmm. So yes, we still have a mentoring program, but now we know that we need to have in within our curriculum, sex and health education. That has to be a part of it because mm-hmm. these girls are getting pregnant. Um, we have to have in here information about uh, human trafficking. These girls are three times more likely to get get trafficked. And so, yes, we still have mentorship. We still get to go out and do fun things. We did the back to school bash in August where we got a, were able to go out and give our school supplies. So those things are still necessary. But there's a difference between a service and an event, like a program and an event. You a program is like they come in and they're they're a part of this system. There's a curriculum and we're measuring pre-scores and post-scores and attendance, and we're, we're gathering information to, to ensure that this works. Mm-hmm. A program can be evaluated. A service is a service. So yes, y'all can all go out and go feed the homeless. We do we do that. Every Christmas Eve, we find a, a smaller shelter that may not get a lot of big, you know, a lot of the, the attention of the United Way and all these other places. We find a locally owned, like, grassroots organization, mm-hmm. and we will, uh, like, you know, make sandwiches or whatever we can do to, to go feed the homeless. So it's not that we don't do those things. But it's a distinct difference. Yes, but there's a difference between us uh, an event that you host versus a program and a service that you have. And then that program gets the most money. Yes. Got it. So I hope y'all got all of that, okay? That was like a full, the business of nonprofit masterclass. Like my wheels are turning. And speaking of masterclasses, you have a class that yes. we are offering in our Save and Strategic 
bundles, I believe, just like how we talked about with nonprofits. Yeah. We love the cause, but we don't have the strategy behind yeah. it. The same thing, a lot of uh, people in business um, who are believers, we, we can pray heaven down, but cannot read a prophet of love statement. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. I've been telling you guys that I'm planning a trip for my husband's milestone birthday that he has coming up. And as we choose which location we actually want to go to, I've been thinking a lot about learning a new language once we narrow it down. Because when I get there, I want to throw myself into the culture, into the language. And a part of that is learning exactly the language that they speak ahead of me getting there, right? Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app and that it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. I'm most excited about the track record of Rosetta Stone because, I mean, they've been trusted experts for 30 years. Millions of users in 25 languages offered. I mean, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. They have fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. So no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They have an intuitive process so that you pick up language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then sentences. And overall, it's designed for long-term retention. They have speech recognition, so a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. So again, those desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And best of all, amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I have been using Claritin D for many years. One of the biggest struggles that I have with my allergies is that they usually cause sinus problems as well. So Claritin D has been such a relief for me because it addresses not just the allergies, but the sinus issues that happen as a result of the allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. 
Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. It's important to be both safe and strategic. And so um, the course that you're contributing to the bundle is all about socialpreneurship. So Mm -hmm. the business of nonprofits, can you talk to them a little bit about what to expect from your course? Yes. So when I started my organization, and this is, again, I I love being able to teach because it's like, girl, you ain't going to have to deal with the struggles I dealt with. So the big thing with nonprofits is 501c3. Like everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I paid $1,800 to this lady, How <laughs> to much? $1,800 mm-hmm. for this lady to file, like to help. She was, it was, it was going to be six calls and this and that, all, you know, all this is that and the third. And by the time I got, it was all said and done. I had my 501c3 status, still had no clue as to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the calls, I told her I wanted my program to be free to the girls and she was like oh that's not going to be sustainable and I was like well that's what God told me to do yeah so there's that <laughs> um and so what I what ended up happening is there's a, a, a organization called score where you can get like a business mentor mm-hmm. I was like I need a mentor clearly mm-hmm. God connected me with my mentor um she's a, a an attorney for nonprofit organizations okay. a black yeah. attorney a woman who loves the Lord? I said, you know what? Nah, you be, you be. But she looked at my stuff and was like, girl, you don't even have all the things that you need to, to solicit donations for the state of Florida. Wow. And I was like, you pay $1,800 for what? For her to file paperwork that I now know that I can file in a matter of 10 minutes. That's why people kill me when they be uh, paying people to get them the LLC. If you don't go to division of corporations and get your life um and so because i i was annoyed but then also i looked at the contract again and she gave me exactly what she said but you didn't know what you needed yes i didn't know what i needed yeah and so the socialpreneur blueprint course goes through every aspect of building an organization that's going to be sustainable the things that i wish i would have considered because everything like everything isn't a non-profit organization you may find that this is not the work for you you may find that you need to go volunteer somewhere mm-hmm. to um to serve with someone else so or do your coat drives every yes. you know, winter or whatever yeah. that's okay too yes yep so it's it really is a matter of um educating everyone on the steps and so it's a blueprint because it's like building a house and so we start at the foundation which is research I give all the templates like everything I wish I would have had had <laughs> um I gave and so um it's all the templates and take people step by step um talking about your target population talking about um really coming up with a plan that's going to be um measurable and that you can evaluate and so it's I'm excited mm-hmm. I'm excited if you ever thought you had wanted to you need to get the bundle, child. Yeah, and even if you're not sure if you want to, yep. the Bible tells us to count the cost. Mm-hmm. And a part of that is you really need to know what you're getting yourself yes, into I had before no clue. you do it. 
Because that could have saved you eighteen hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred whole dollars. It could save someone else just the time and you know maybe yep. spending that money and some more yep. to get started on something they realize they just don't want to do. Yes. And so um, I love your course because it does just present. This is what it takes. Yes. And if you want to take it and do something with it, you have everything mm-hmm. you need. And if you decide this isn't the work for you, now you are able to spend way less money. Yes. And make an educated decision on yep. how to move forward. Yep. And then now you're knowledgeable. Right. Because a lot of times, especially when you think about the way our communities work, like everybody, grandmama really had their own kind of like mission set up that we were feeding people and doing all of these things. There may be something one of um, the young ladies that I work with, her family has a farm and they yes, um, in North Carolina. And. She was talking about how they like. I was asking her like what prayer she needed, and she was like, "Yeah, my family's farm, and she's a part of you know a group that I do for my podcast." And she, we were talking, and I was like, "Girl, y'all need to have like any is it a nonprofit?" And so now I'm talking to her. I'm like, "Girl, yeah, because then you're helping like food shortages and the food desert thing and obesity, like." And so she just looked at me, and was like, "Girl, like they're they were struggling financially, and she had no idea." that this was even an option for them because nonprofit don't mean no profit. And that's what I'm like, it's the only thing that's different is the taxes and the, and the funding and what you have to do. They should have, because it's, <laughs> it's not that it's not profit. It means that the money that you get can't go to shareholders. It has to go back into the organization and to the people that you serve, but it doesn't mean that everybody's broke. Look at your hospital CEOs. They is balling. <laughs> they are balling. Google, I guarantee you, if you Google your local, very few hospitals are privately owned. If you Google most major hospital systems, you will find out that they are a 501c3 organization. Walmart has the Walmart Foundation mm-hmm. is a 501c3. They write checks. Like almost every big corporation has a nonprofit. The American Heart Association is a nonprofit, the Red mm-hmm. Cross. And if you Google and look up their fund, their funding. I guarantee you, their CEOs are making more money than we could ever imagine. Yeah. And so it really is the matter of just having the, the knowledge, even mm-hmm. if you decide not to, knowing that when you give your money to an organization, mm-hmm. really going after and looking at um, finding grassroots organizations, even if you decide not to start your own, but to go and serve. Yeah. And now you can take this knowledge mm-hmm. and go help another organization within your community that's doing the right work and serving the right people. Mm-hmm. And so even if you decide not to do it yourself, girl, go sit on a board somewhere. Go. You cannot. This information is going to help you think differently to where you may even be able to go into a, another organization and serve in such a way that you create a new career for yourself. Never in my life would I thought I would be doing nonprofit <laughs> Oh my God, the way that this is all worked and I still get to use my, uh, my education. I was like, oh God, that's why I had to go get my doctorate because I had to learn how to do research. Yeah. I, I like, he's like, no, you need to learn how to do the numbers and crunch and like, you have to learn how to do this stuff mm-hmm. and you're going to do it here. Mm-hmm. And then for me to be able to launch, literally launch a program from start to finish on they dime, it allowed me to go back to my organization and say, this is why this ain't work. We did a whole revamp after that. This is why this isn't working. Because at first I was like, I'm going to mentor these girls. And now I'm like, oh no, we need a program with the curriculum and this and like that yeah. and be able to measure. This is what they're looking for. And so I got OJT literally on the job um, with doing this breastfeeding program. And I got the, to see the way that multi-million dollar corporations who are nonprofits 
do stuff. It ain't all right. <laughs> but if we can get believers in this sector who are really serving these people and really integritous, like we can change the game. And to me, that's what it's about. That's good. That's good. Well, before we wrap up, tell everybody about More Than Just a Nurse. Yes. So More Than Just a Nurse Inc. is a nonprofit consulting company. Um, so I help organizations um, look, if you already have a nonprofit and you're not happy with the way that it's going, we really sit down and look and we do, we have a, um, a socialpreneur blueprint program where we go through and we really revamp your organization. If you're a new nonprofit organization, then we'll help you kind of start to finish. And the goal of the program is for you to have a sustainable program um, with your 501, so you are 501c3 certified child and be ready to file for federal grant applications. So that's a whole nother, like had to figure that out too. I was just out here writing grants and I was like, oh, take these notes, trying it, trying it. it yeah. It's really, now that God has given me the system, me helping other organizations that want to get started. So I'm really, really, I love doing it. <laughs> I love, I love it. Um, I absolutely love it. And I love that I can still use my healthcare training um, and still have the opportunity to serve in a way that changes healthcare overall mm -hmm. um, and the health statuses of people. It's just the way God be putting stuff together. Like, this is why you the Lord. <laughs> you was God for this you reason. You be knowing. You be knowing. <laughs> you be knowing. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, the website is www.morethanjustanurseinc.com. Um, and you'll find our application there. And, yeah, y'all, we out here. I'm so excited about everything that you have going on. I'm excited about... Like, I could just see the organizations that are going to be yes. created on solid ground yes. because of the information that yep. you're providing. So I am so excited for what you're doing. It's going to be lit. Um, you guys go to, again, more than just a nurseinc.com to learn more about Charlotte's programs. Where can they find you on social media and all that? Oh, right now, child, we fasting, child. Okay, but shout out to the society. We ain't even on the socials right now. No, so you can find me... Um, you can follow me at the PDNP, so T-H-E-P-E-D-I, N is in Nancy, P is in Paul, because I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. We want to change that to Sean Walker. I know, people be like, Petty? What? Girl, when I first got your email, I said, the Petty? What? You knew Petty? Right I was like, all right, well, Y'all know what? By the time this episode comes out, it's going to be Sean Walker. Yeah, it'll be just change that to Sean Walker. Walker. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> And you can uh, put you can put the petty in the uh, <laughs> I thought it was cute when I first did the petty, it. No People be really confused. <laughs> I knew I needed to change it because there was this nurse. There's this nurse that I was like, um, she was doing an Instagram live, and I commented, and she was she stumbled. I was like, you too. See, your people ain't getting Bro, right. my you people. Know. I said, uh -oh, oh man, we gotta change that. it. And I had changed it and then changed it back. So no, I'm gonna no, no, change it. It'll be Doctor Charlotte Walker. There we go. There we go. <laughs> By the time that this live comes all the way, <laughs> find me on Instagram with Dr. Charlotte Walker. Seriously. Well, <laughs> I just hope it's not taken. Yeah. Be bad. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's taken, the PDMP stays. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, we're gonna know by the time this part comes yes, out. Yes, yeah. We are gonna put it in the, uh, the show notes. <laughs> and then uh, the Saved and Strategic Bundle is gonna be available for Black Friday. So you yes. guys just make sure you continue to follow the podcast and follow um Blessed and Bossed Up for IG. And I'll actually put something in the show notes so that you can get notified 
when it's available because it's, it's only going to be available for black Friday. It's going to be lit because that's it. The value, it. the value. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the and it's value under a hundred dollars. courses or so. Yes. I'm really excited. I'm really really excited about that. The value. So you guys will get all of that. So stay tuned, and that's it. Thank that's you it. for yes. listening and watching. If you're on YouTube, to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in once again to my interview with Dr. Sharla Walker. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Saved and Strategic Bundle available now. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel. We got some heat that's coming to my channel at Tatum Tamia. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And I love you guys. Have an amazing Thanksgiving holiday and I will talk to you next week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.